Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Keepers Club. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So happy to have you here. As always, my name is Carly Aquilino, and I'm your host, and I'm ready to freaking party this week, girlies. I'm ready to party. I'm recording this on January 16th, Sunday at 7.23 a.m. Who is she? She's up. She's up. The engines are revving. Okay, I woke up at 5.45 a.m. Not on purpose, but I did do that. The good news is I fell asleep last night around 8.45, went to an early dinner. I'm 87 years old. I went to dinner at 5.30 p.m. (laughs) with my friend. And the waitress just knew. I just know that she knew what was going on. Because when she dropped our check, she goes, why don't you guys go home and get in bed? It's cold out. And we were like, it's so crazy that that's the vibe we give off because it's true. That's exactly what I did. I went home. I went to bed, fell right asleep, which is pretty rare for me, as you guys know. And I woke up at 545. I already got four things done. Four that were on my checklist. So God bless. God bless. I hope I could get this into a uh, I hope this could be my rhythm. I'm not going to nap or anything. So hopefully. But um, I have a lot of stuff that I want to talk to you guys about this week. I have a lot of emails that you sent in to secretkeepersclub at gmail.com. And there's a few things going on in pop culture that I want to chit chat about. Um, most significantly to me, at least, is this Britney Spears, Jamie Lynn Spears fiasco. Um, Jamie Lynn Spears is Britney's little sister. You might know her from being Britney's little sister. Okay, let's call a spade a spade here. And They've been having this public now dispute back and forth because Jamie Lynn, she's trying to drop a book, okay, which I I really, I I don't want to say don't buy the book, but I'm not buying the book, okay? I'll get the cliff notes on it later on when it comes out, when people are doing reviews on it, but um, just because I don't want to support, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable supporting her family in any type of way because they were out here just like giving themselves checks for the last 13 years. But Jamie's been doing this little tour for her book. I don't know if you guys saw her Good Morning America appearance. She had mentioned a few things in that interview. You know, one thing about me is I'm always going to be there for my sister. I'm always going to be Britney's little sister. And it's like, girly, you're a clown. Okay, and I'm sorry for talking shit. And I and I don't want to start off on the Lord's Day on Sunday morning talking shit, but I got to do what I got to do over here. Okay, They had read um, an excerpt of the book or just like some actually mentioned some key words that Jamie had put in her book about Britney. And they weren't really portraying her in the nicest light, which I think is the constant theme in this whole fiasco. but. Jamie needs to learn something. I'm going to tell you what she needs to learn. She, girly, you're never going to win. You're never going to win. No matter what you say, even if she was doing this tour and wrote this book saying all the right things, it doesn't matter because she's not, nobody's in her damn fan club right now. So her trying to speak out, I get it. And it sucks that nobody's listening to you, but girl, nobody's listening to you. (laughs) She had plenty of time to talk about Britney. She had plenty of time that she could have explained herself. And now she's kind of striking while the iron's hot. And this is all, you know, everybody's got to cash their checks here and she's cut off. So now she's like, I guess I'm a writer. You know, we didn't hear a peep or a pop about this while Britney was under her conservatorship. 
So I watch a couple of the interviews that Jamie Lynn Spears did, and she said the same things on pretty much all of them, where she was like, uh, when this all was happening, <laughs> when this all was happening, I was 16 and I was pregnant. I didn't even know what was going on with my sister. It's like, okay. I don't know how true that is. Um, but she had posted on her Instagram story and it's like, why are you doing this? She said, nobody trashes your name more than someone who's afraid you'll tell people the truth. I just know she's not coming for Brittany. I just know she's not. So Brittany then tweets. Okay. Did not sit well with my girl, Brittany, it says. And Brittany said, she was never around me much 15 years ago at that time. So why are you even talking about that unless she wants to sell a book at my expense? Really? Then where the lady mentioned, why did she accuse you of doing remixes of her songs? I know it may sound silly to most people, but I wrote a lot of my songs and my sister was a baby. Uh, she never had to work for anything. And I get where Britney's coming from. I mean, if you saw the, I think they were talking about like, uh, that appearance that, oh God, that Britney has spoken about before where Jamie Lynn like did a remix of her song while Britney was being presented an award or whatever. And I'm sorry, but Britney is a one of a kind pop star. We all, we all remember, unless you're too young, if you're too long, young, get out of my gosh darn face. Okay. This was, I mean, at the time, nobody could top her. She just came out of nowhere and she was this like cute little thing. And she had such good pop songs. I mean, as far as pop artists go, she's like one of the ones that I think is she's a legend for sure. Um, and you know, Jamie tried to do that. Little Jamie Lynn tried to, tried to sing. She tried, she tried and that's good for her. But anywho, then then Britney's like, Jamie Lynn, congrats, babe. You've stooped to a whole, a whole new level of low. I've never been around you ever with a knife or would I ever even think of doing such. The only knife I ever saw you with at home was cutting the biggest pieces of squash I ever saw in my life. Okay. And, and okay. And it was way too big for me to cut. So please, please stop with these crazy lies for the Hollywood books. Now, and only now do I know what a scum person you are to make up such things about someone. Oh my God, it is going down and the tea is hot. The tea is hot in the Spears family. Something I'm noticing um, since Britney's conservatorship ended is the things that she's talking about seem, you know, on Instagram, there's two things in particular that I, that like really kind of spoke to me about the situation. Number one, she was saying she was so excited because she got to drive her car and she went out and she bought candles, right? This is something that we could all do. We've all been doing for this whole time. It's not something we even, I mean, I guess you want to know why everyone loves a good candle shop, but, um, that really spoke to me. Cause I'm like, this girl has made hundreds of millions of dollars her life. She hasn't been able to number one, drive a car. Number two, go out and just buy candles like on the fly, you know? And then the next thing she had wrote this whole story, um, telling everyone, sharing this experience about how she went to a restaurant. She hasn't been to a restaurant in so long. And this whole time she hasn't really been out at a restaurant and she explained it in such detail that you could tell this was really a special moment for her. And 
it speaks volumes. You know, these little things that she wasn't able to do. Meanwhile, she was like a workhorse for her family. Um, and everybody was living off of her money. It's really, really sad. So I'm glad that she now has a good team around her. People who actually have her best interest in mind. Um, and I'm happy that it's over with. And girl, when I tell you, I had read online the other day that she's going to be doing an Oprah interview the way that I am going to be waiting on the edge of my seat for that interview because Britney's coming out like Britney's talking shit and we love to see it for her. So I cannot wait for that interview. I think it's going to be, I mean, everyone's watching that. Everyone's watching that. I just love it though. Uh, I love that she's finally able to speak, speak up. Say what you want about social media, but it really did help. You know, this is one of the situations where social media actually did a very positive thing. Um, okay. So the other thing that I want to talk to you guys about another show recommendation, uh, I watched a show called behind her eyes. It was really good. It's on Netflix. Check it out. I'm just going to keep trying to recommend things to my girlies because I get, I, you guys get upset when I don't recommend things and I want us all to kind of be watching the same things. So it's called Behind Her Eyes. It's a really, really good, really good show. It's a British show. So, you know, there's a husband, there's a wife. <laughs> there's other girl. Right. I love a good British. I love a good British show. Um, and the sex in the city and just like that episode this week. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's my, that's my week in review. Also, I have a beauty product that I want to recommend to you guys and it's not sponsored, but it's something that I really, really been enjoying. And I wanted to share it with you. It's definitely a bit pricey, but they have a small size. I'm looking at it now. They have a small size for 40 bucks and I think they sell it at Sephora too. So if you, I know Sephora has a really great um, return policy. So if you try it and you don't like it, I'm sure you could probably just get store credit or return it to Sephora, but it's from Goop. It's called the Goop, hold on. It's called the Goop Glow Microderm Instant Glow Exfoliator. I'm telling you, it makes your face look so glowy and, and just clear and beautiful. Definitely dries you out. So use it as directed. But um, I had used it the other night and then I went out with my friends and they were like, your skin is like looking so amazing. And I'm like, it's the goop glow, girly. So I had to share it with you guys. You know, something really works when you get a compliment on it. Um, but anywho, that's that. That's that's the little rundown. So I have a bunch of emails that you guys sent into secretkeepersclub at gmail.com. And we're going to get just right into them. A few of them I've noticed. I haven't read through all of them you know, in their entirety, but a few of them I've noticed are responses and like help to people that maybe you had written in last episode, it seems, because this one I'm opening right now, it says in response to the girl who hates New Hampshire. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, there was a girl who moved for her boyfriend um, to New Hampshire. She doesn't have family there and friends. And now he wants to just be kind of bopping around doing, you, you know, work and internships and stuff like that. Um, so this says last week, a girl wrote in about moving to New Hampshire. 
um, with her mans and hating it there. I'm writing in because I'm hoping that the Secret Keepers Club can unite. I live in Maine, the town over from the New Hampshire border. I'm 27 and have three dogs. Oh my God, you're 27 and have three dogs. I'm obsessed with you. Um, and work in the in for a medical marijuana company that my fiance owns. I put my Instagram handle in this email. If you can forward it to the girly in New Hampshire. Oh my God, you guys are going to become friends and I'm good. Oh my God. If you're listening to this episode, message me on Instagram. I'd be happy to give you some ideas of things to do and all the good restaurants. If we're not too far away, maybe we can meet up for a cocktail and complain in person about how both our men are out here making decisions for themselves. Oh my God. Is this a friendship in, in the works? We love to see it. I will send her over your info. This next one says help a lesbian out in parentheses relationship advice. Hey, Carly, I enjoy your podcast and your adorable cats. Oh, thank you so much. I'm writing in to see if you can give me a bit of advice. I met a girl online who said she was moving to my state, Washington, from the Midwest. After meeting her four months ago, we hung out a lot and she helped me through a lot of the loneliness and sadness I have been feeling since I moved here with my ex, then breaking up and getting an apartment after getting an apartment together. Things have been going well with my new girlfriend. She came over for Thanksgiving with my family and we hang out and go on hikes to bars and I feel like we're compatible. The problem is she has no idea if she's going to be here long term. She just moved here, but the constant rain is depressing. She misses her family and she says the only reason she thinks about staying is because I'm here and the only good thing about Washington. She can't keep any promises that she will stay here and I have a five-year commitment to stay here for school and work. I'm sure that once the weather gets nicer and she explores, she might change her mind, but I don't like the uncertainty. I've had a thought of just breaking it off so I could, so I can already start moving on. So should I stay in the relationship that might end in a few months, but might not, or break it off and be alone again? I feel like I keep sabotaging my relationships. And then she gives a fuck, Mary kill that we're going to do at the end. I'll save it now. Um, this seems to be a common thing, huh? You guys moving around for a relationship and the other person wants to leave and blah, blah, blah. I think that's something, um, just from what I've observed from other people and even just me, like living in different apartments in the beginning, it's kind of a shock. So I can't imagine how shocking it is moving to another state and not liking it. Um, but I think it's kind of what I've always noticed with people, even when I was young and my friends were going away to college, like the first few months, they're crying every single day. And I hate it here. And I just want to go back to normal because it's just such a big difference and you really uproot your life. So I think that I would give it a little bit more time if you feel like you guys are really compatible for each other and you enjoy each other's company. Um, I would give it a little bit more time before calling it off and just see maybe she will like it over the summer. Maybe um, she'll change her she'll change her little tune. Um, once she gets used to the difference, you know, but have that conversation with her and say, maybe even just say like in your head, like I'll give it until September or something, you know, that way you have the whole summer you guys can see. And then if she's still not sure, maybe you can move on, um, or have that conversation with her about like, well, what are we supposed to do? Because maybe she'll be like, we could do a long distance relationship. And that just depends on what you're willing to put into it. If you feel like it's a really special thing that's worth the long distance. Because uh, five years, having to be there for five years is a long time, you know. But give yourself a little bit more time. Like I said, 
it's very rare you find someone you're compatible with. And I would hate to see you break it off thinking, oh, maybe I can find someone else um, that's like actually here and wants to be here and like wants to stay. I also will say if you feel like it's kind of a cloud over your relationship, then I would that would probably be an instance where I would call it off. Because it's like, you don't want to feel guilty or you don't want to feel like somebody resents you um, for something that's really out of your control. It's not really fair to you to be like always having to make things right. Um, And it's like, hey, if you're only living here because of me and and you're not happy here, then I guess we have to cut something out of this equation, you know, because everyone's happiness is important. So let's get into the next one. This one says the men's (laughs) Carly. I just simply love you. Thank you for making me laugh every Monday. I fell in love with you a while back while you were doing girl code with the red hair and I never looked back. Oh, well, thank you guys so much. Um, I love to, I love to, um, you know, hear from people that have been following me for that long. I got a message from someone uh, a couple weeks ago and she was like, let's talk about your transformation (laughs) in terms of when they first started following me. I think I had met this girl at a comedy show and she had sent me the picture of like when I met her at the comedy show and it was like 2013. I had bright red hair. I was looking, I was looking a little crazy, you know? And now here I am 31, you know, flirty, 30 flirty and thriving. So here we go. It says things that men do amplified when you're legally bound to them through marriage. I could go on and on, but my biggest one is play video games. Your girl grew up, quote unquote, watching boys play video games on the couch. And like that was going to make me fall in love. (laughs) Post-college, I vowed that I would never date a gamer. Not for the life of me. I married an angel human man. And while he admittedly drives me nuts, as I'm sure I do him, he was pretty much without flaw until the Christmas after we got married. Enter Christmas 2019, opening gifts at his parents' house. His brothers hand him a gift with a look of excitement on their faces. He unwraps a fucking Xbox. I look at the brother and said, what the fuck with my eyes? (laughs) They clarify that they want my husband to play along with them and they can chat and blah, blah, blah. I did not sign off on this gift and thoroughly don't enjoy it. I get wanting to quote unquote hang out with his brothers through playing the game, but I have a few quandaries about the whole thing. Number one, utilize your time better. Do a load of laundry when you get home instead of playing the stupid game. Number two, there are children that are on there and I don't like you playing against random children and don't curse. In parentheses, I'm a fourth grade teacher. (laughs) To be fair, I've been in those live things and, and the meanest people are the little kids. They don't give a shit, but I get where you're, I get what you're saying. Number three, there are men and women who actually do this in real life and it's traumatizing. This is a call of duty situation. My brother is a veteran and thankfully, while he was never called to the front lines, I still think about it. Like why play a game um, that so many people are traumatized by in real life? It really bothers me. And the next one, uh, you're a grown 30 year old man, get off the video games. However, my hobbies still include reading and coloring, which I have been doing the same since I was a kid. So who knows? And rant, um, other annoying things. Number one, coughing loudly. Number two, sneezing loudly and obnoxiously. Like I think it's on purpose. And number three, man sickness. You're not that sick. Your headache is the equivalent of period cramps. (laughs) Thanks for reading. I, if I hear this on the pod, I might scream as I drive, um, to my, 
day with 23 10 year olds. Love you so, so much. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Um, I get the video game thing. I think that, um, I, I never actually thought of it in the way that you're saying about people who are veterans, like how they're traumatized, like PTSD and they're, and then they're everyone else's like playing a game, just like shooting each other. I never thought of it in that way. And that's really interesting. I used to play a lot of video games. Um, actually years ago, I, well, I got rid, I didn't get rid of all of my video games, but the last few years, I, my last Xbox used to turn on in the middle of the night without me touching it. And it scared the shit out of me. I was like, they're watching. So I just stopped playing and, but I had five systems at the, at the time. Um, I grew up kind of playing video games and, and I just love them so much, but that was something that I had to kind of when I got rid of my toy collection, you know, my trolls and stuff that I had until I was about, <laughs> I'm 31 now. I want to say I had them to, out on display in my apartment until I was about 28. And I really thought that that was the reason I couldn't find a man. But then, hey, guess what? I don't have them now. And my phone is dry. So I, um, few years back, I was I was actually getting paid to play video games, which was like my dream as I was a little kid, but I had to hang up the controllers for good, you know, but I get what you're saying. I think that it's one of those things, like as a wife, I'm sure it's bothersome because like you said, it's like, Hey, why don't you do the laundry? Or how about this? Let's compromise. You put a load in, you put a load of laundry in, then you play video games. Then you move the laundry along, put it in the dryer. Then you can play another freaking game. But, um, I hear you, girly. We see these things so differently. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine being married. I swear to God, <laughs> like, I'm so happy for everyone that's married. I'm so happy for everyone that's married, but I'm just like, that's, it's great. I'm, I'm just, I'm happy for you people drive me crazy. And I think I love being alone so much, you know? Okay. Sorry. I, I took a hit of my jewel. What are you going to do? Okay. You guys just a quick word from our friends over at Nutrafol ladies. I know you didn't think it would happen to you, but some of us are losing our hair and we don't even know it. That's why Nutrafol is here to improve hair growth and promote less shedding through all stages of life. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. You guys know I've been taking these, I want to say, I've, I want to say for a couple months, maybe two, three months, and I really have been enjoying them. I personally notice a difference in my hair texture in terms of like thickness. Um, and I absolutely love that. We love to see it. So Nutrafol is a physician formulated to be 100% drug three. It's only natural clinically effective botanicals. It works by targeting the five root causes of thinning, which is stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and your metabolism. So when you subscribe, you can receive monthly deliveries and you'll never miss a dose. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol. You can also notice improvements in your overall well-being, including restful sleep, less stress, better skin, nails, and libido. Oh, I love it. 
Okay, grow thicker, healthier hair and support the show by going to Nutrafol.com and use promo code SECRET. New customers get $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer available anywhere and only available to US customers for a limited time. Please get, I mean, plus get free shipping on every order. So take $15 off and at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SECRET. Stand up for your strands and get Nutrafol. This next one says, how does a girly stay patient and positive? Hey, Carly, Stanley, and Robert, absolutely love your podcast. And then here is the question. Okay, so to the T, my boyfriend and I have been together for four and a half years. And just so you guys know, she wrote 4.5 years. And I swear to God, I know you guys are trying to get me to say 4.5 again, but I'm not doing that. Okay. Four and a half years. We finally got to move in together after three years of long distance six months ago. I've been doing great and we're really happy. I've attached a pic of us with our dog child. Oh, how cute is that? While he was finishing up um, his time in his last location, he bought a ring. After he moved, he had the jeweler send it to one of their locations in the city and he so he didn't lose it during the move. In August, he picked it up. He told me... Um, that much. And I accidentally, and I accidentally found the box in our closet, but I've never peeked. Oh, that's so good of you. Oh my God. I can't imagine knowing that my engagement ring is knowing where it is and not looking at it. I get you're doing the right thing. Like you're doing the thing that everyone should do where it's like, don't ruin this for yourself because that's really who it ruined. You're, you're supposed to be surprised at what it looks like. Um, but wow, I, I would definitely give it a little, you know, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably curse the whole marriage and put it on and walk around with it when he's Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So my question to you is what in the world is this man waiting for? A ton of fun occasions have come up and gone this fall where he could have popped a question. Now it's January and there's nothing coming up on the schedule. What if I, when I ask, uh, if he has a plan, he replies, ha ha, how could I not have a plan? Girl, he don't have a plan. He's going to figure it out in a little bit. Anyway, girly, how do I stay patient? What do you think he's waiting for? I'm dying of anticipation. P.S. You've had a lot of people in long distance relationships write to you lately. Yes, I have. And I just mentioned that. That's so funny. Um, one of our favorite things to do during our stint was door dash each other mystery dinner to arrive at the same time. It was so fun and cute. Just passing on in case anyone could use an idea or two. Oh, that is such a cute idea. I love that. And then she gives a fuck, Mary kill that I'm, we're going to do at the end. So here's the thing. You already know he bought a ring. You know, what's happening. I understand being like, okay, when is this going to happen? That's how I would be. If I knew he bought a ring, I would, I would ruin it for myself. I would just be like propose to me right now, or I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. He wants to make it special. He's thinking of the perfect way to do it. He's probably really nervous about it, but you guys have obviously had the talk. It's not a surprise to you. You've spoken about the fact that he even acquired the ring. So, you know, it's coming. The best thing to do is just sit and wait, maybe manifest that it happens sooner rather than later. But I think it's going to happen soon for you. I'll manifest it for you too. Cause I have some freaking powers with the gosh darn universe when it comes to other people's relationships, not so much mine, but, uh, I will do that for my girly. I think in the meantime, 
I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's hard when you're anticipating something, just like waiting for something and not knowing when it's going to happen. Oh God, learn to knit or something. I don't know. <laughs> learn to knit, learn to crochet, you know, it's just one of those things, but it's so exciting. Why don't you think of it this way? Ch- kind of change your perspective on it where it's like, you're just enjoy this time, enjoy the excitement of it. It's going to be a whole new chapter of your life. And you'll look back on this fondly and go, Oh my God, I was going to kill him. I didn't know when it was going to happen. And I was, I was at my wits end with him, you know, look at it as you're going to be looking at it in 10, 15 years of, Oh, we were so young and fresh and you know, our skin was glowing and it was very exciting time. So pretend you're older looking back on, on little old you, maybe that'll help. I don't know. So this one says response to last week's wire men. So I live with my boyfriend and some things he does that just boggle my mind are as follows. (laughs) Number one, he saves everything. Let me elaborate. When we moved in, uh, when we moved in here, he bought his, he brought his old shower curtain liner as if we can't just buy one for $3.99. But here's the best part. He had shower doors in his last apartment. So this motherfucker saved his used liner from two apartments ago. <laughs> See, this is why we can't. Oh my God. Not the curtain, the nasty ass liner. Every single thing he brought here was expired. And I've just since been throwing things out without consulting. Uh, number two, he leaves his bowls in the sink with the empty dishwasher directly next to it. Number three, classic, but he doesn't understand bath mats. He thinks I just kept them draped over the side of the tub for the fun of it and continually left it there while <laughs> showering. No, he doesn't leave it in there when he's in the shower. Isn't that something you should just do once? And then you learn a lesson. I've taught him how it works since. Like, how have you made it 30 damn years? Love you so much. Uh, and the good outweighs the bad, but LOL. Oh my God, that's so funny. The shower curtain liner is really just one of those things. I swear, I dated a guy that um, I would do his laundry for him. Well, I, I, I had done his laundry for him in the beginning of us like cohabitating. And I just, he, this motherfucker changed five times a day. He changed his clothes. He, and, and he wasn't wearing, you know, anything really interesting. He was wearing t-shirts and pants and he would be like, yeah, but I went out in that. So now I came back and I have to change and then I'm going to go back out. And he would do that four or five times a day and put every single outfit in the wash. Now I, I dealt with this for about maybe a month or two. Because the loads of laundry did not equate to how much I loved this person. And it's just, it was just that simple. And then he had the same few things that he would wear all the time. And I would just make them disappear. I would just, you know, it's going in the donation bin. We're donating that. He never noticed. My friend still brings it up. She's like, remember when you used to just donate his clothes? (laughs) But I'm like, hey, someone else could use it. This man had too much. It's so funny too, because like when we were moving in together, I was like figuring out the, and this is like a thousand percent. I'm sure this bothered him about me. Like this is me being, um, admitted, like admitting the things that I do that are difficult. Um, because anytime I've lived with a guy, the least amount of things you can have, the better. And the least amount of space that is designated to you, the better. 
Okay. Because I know what it's going to be. It's going to be, if you want a desk, the desk is going to be covered in shit and it's going to be just a bunch of receipts and papers and change and fucking keys that for doors that we don't know where the hell the keys belong to. Okay. So the least amount of shit you can have, the better. (laughs) I want a guy that's like, has five shirts. Okay. And when I was planning out, oh, this is what we're going to need for this room. You know, you're thinking about furniture and like placement of everything. He's like, yeah. And I could probably have a desk. And I was like, what do you need to ask for? This man has done no paperwork his whole goddamn life. I'm like, the desk is going to be another place that you just put shit. You just put your shit on it. It's going to have a sock on it and a dusty old lamp and a mason jar full of pennies. Okay. You can't just put that shit somewhere else. But we laughed about it. Like he got it. He understood, but it was so funny. Him being like, I'll get a desk. I'm like, what do you need a desk for? You don't have papers. You don't have any stuff. Like you don't have papers. (laughs) I'm dying though, that he brought, that he brought the shower curtain liner. They don't know. They don't know. And how don't they know? I don't know. Sorry if you just heard my stomach growl. That was very loud. Okay, this is a fuck, Mary kill. And it says rate my cats. And it's a picture of two little cats. Okay, hold on. Let me save this fuck, Mary kill. Okay, two little cats. They're both very cute and they look small. Like, I don't know if my cats are both large and in charge. I know Robert's a big boy. But wait, this one, wait, they're actually so cute. One of them has half a face is like the eyes are gray and um like tabby kind of gray color on the top. And then the middle of the face is white. And there's a little pink nose. I just know that's a girl. If that's a boy, that is not a boy. And then this little one kind of looks like Robert, except with shorter hair. Oh my God, how cute. Big paws. That's going to be a big boy. I think that's a kitten. Um, We'll do the fuck, Mary kill at the end. This one says, let's see. Girly needs help. Okay, let's get into that. Another picture of dogs. I love when you guys send me pictures of your dogs and cats. So this says, hi, Carly, Stan, and Robbie. I just want to start off by saying I freaking love this podcast. You made my extremely obnoxious commute to work fly by, and I literally catch myself laughing all the dang time. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I need your help. This has nothing to do with my mans or anything. I'm dating a freaking angel from heaven who is so freaking funny, kind, and caring. Oh, we love to see it. Uh, my problem is my job. I work in the medical field, FML. No one tells you how much it stinks butthole, but if anyone listening to this loves their job in the medical field, I'm jealous. So I recently started a new job and it was great. And I'm literally getting more depressed day by day. First off, my commute is very long and sometimes it takes over an hour to get there and to get home. I was promised when I was hired that I would be able to work closer to home. And here we are multiple months past that promise and still no set date of when that can happen. Additionally, the majority of the conversations that take place with my coworkers are about COVID politics and other things that I don't really agree with or relate to. So basically I'm planning to get a new job, but how do I tell them? I think by the time I put in my two weeks, I may finally be working close to home, but I just can't work here anymore. I'm such a people pleaser and a girly needs a pep talk because my anxiety is through the darn roof. Thank you so much. Kiss you right in the lips. And then a very cute dog that is very low to the ground. The dog is very low to the ground. He needs high-heeled shoes, honestly. 
because he mops the floor, this little guy. He's very freaking cute. He's like, looks like kind of a part beagle or something. Maybe a part. What are those other little dachshund or something? I love those little guys. So I get what you're saying where it's just like, I mean, if you, is there anything worse than just hating your day-to-day, like your job? How do you wake up in a good mood? How do you have a good day if you're just dreading the next day and dreading going to work? You get the Sunday scaries, but every single night. So I hear you on that. And it's so important that we're happy. I think you should start applying to jobs. Maybe you could do some interviews. But before you do that, if the location of the job is what's making you unhappy, have a conversation with them and just say, I was told that I was going to be able to work closer to home. I don't think, you know, I think if that doesn't happen sooner rather than later, I'm unfortunately going to have to find somewhere else to work, but plant your little seeds, other places and be going on interviews and doing things like that. Um, so that you have kind of like a, a fallback plan. Maybe they'll say, okay, we'll move you ASAP and they can at least give you a date on that. I think if you know that there's an end in sight, For example, if they say like, okay, the week of February 18th or whatever, you'll be able to switch locations. You can at least kind of count the days down, but if there's no end in sight, it's going to drive you nuts. So have a meeting with them and say that, can I have a date of when I will be able to change locations because the commute is, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the commute for much longer, you know, in a professional way. I don't know how to speak professionally, but that's what I would do. Because if you were promised that, then they should really hold up their end of the little bargain there. You didn't sign up for this, but good luck to you and let us know how that goes. Um, this next one says advice for the girl who has HSV and wants babies. Hey girl, I love you. I have some advice slash encouragement for the girl who wrote in a few weeks ago about having HSV and wanting babies. When I found out I was HSV positive, I was devastated. I thought no one would ever want to be with me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One random afternoon, I decided to Google quote unquote dating apps for people with STDs and lo and behold, they exist. Oh my God. Here I was thinking that I was a genius. I really was like, if you guys want to take this idea, meanwhile, they already exist. Okay. So lo and behold, they exist. Listen, these dating apps are just as great as dating apps for people without STDs in parentheses. Please note the sarcasm, but you can find a diamond in the rough. I met my husband through the app and we're now married and have one baby and another one on the way. Oh, how cute. Um, Try it out. No guarantee, but neither is dating in general. That's true. I mean, it's not like anyone's having a great time on, you know dating. It's kind of like you find a diamond in the rough. So that's great advice. Thank you so much for letting us know that. Again, I really thought I was doing something with my idea, my brilliant idea. Um, we have another one. This one says roomy decision. Hey, Carly and the sweet baby angel kitties, Robert and Stanley. I'm going to correct you there because Robert's a sweet baby angel and, and Stanley is just about damn the spawn of Lucifer. Okay. He's the devil himself. And sometimes he looks at me and I think he's plotting my death. And I really, really swear to God, I think the cat's going to kill me. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's going to kill me, but I do love him to death. One of you was nice enough to recommend that I give Stanley. Um, (laughs) I was just going to say LSD, not fucking LSD. LSD. 
<laughs> CBD. Jesus Christ. Imagine I'm on here talking about, oh, one of you told me to give my cat acid. My God. No, CBD cat treats. And I, I ordered them from, this is not sponsored, from this brand called Just CBD. And they have dog treats and cat treats. I read a thousand reviews on them. Everyone was ranting and raving about these cat treats. They help with anxiety. They help with arthritis for like elderly cats. Um, and they help calm these little critters down. So it's been helping, I think. I think you have to keep up with it, but I will definitely be continuously purchasing that. So thank you very much. But Stanley is 1000% a devil. Uh, I've been following you since the girl code days. You literally raised me. Oh, well, thank you so much. This is kind of a long one, but let's get into it. I'm currently in college. I've been living with my roommate for about a year now. And at the end of the semester, we're looking for somewhere else to live than our on-campus apartment. Uh, we've looked at a couple of places together, but I've been having doubts. And I want if I want to continue living with her, I feel like since I've moved in with her, our friendship has changed. And I almost feel like I'm walking on eggshells whenever I'm around her. Um, trigger warning, mention, mention of eating disorders. I sometimes feel like... I can't do basic things like study in my living room or eat in the kitchen. Both of us have struggled with EDs in the past and she has a stomach condition and it makes it difficult for her to eat quite a few foods. Um, and she also can't eat super big portions. This is obviously not her fault, but sometimes seeing how little she eats makes me feel guilty for trying to eat food, especially since I still struggle with my struggle with my relationship with food at at some times. However, sometimes the way she'll talk about her condition or how body or how or her body or how thin she is will rub me the wrong way. It's almost as if she is in parentheses for lack of a better word, bragging about it and not in a body body positive way. Just, I don't know, maybe it's just a way for her to cope, but it still makes me feel uncomfortable. Usually when I eat quickly, I'll prepare my food in the kitchen and then rush back to my bedroom. Like there's some distant relatives visiting <laughs> that you're trying to avoid saying hi to LOL. She's also not the best at keeping the place clean as I take out the trash 95% of the time. And I'm usually the one doing the dishes because we're both so busy. I try to find times where we can hang out with each other one-on-one -on -one to try and improve our friendship. But sometimes I even feel anxious being around her. She's in no way the worst roommate in the world as some of my friends have absolute horror stories about their roommates that they've had in the past. But I feel like this isn't ideal either. Usually on the weekends, I go over my boyfriend's apartment, not just to be with my honey since we go to different schools, but also to escape the feeling like I'm suffocating in my own apartment. Sometimes I get emotional when I have to leave his place because I don't want to go back there. I feel like I'm at the point in my life where I need to live by myself for a little bit or at least for the next year until I graduate in 2023. This is something that I have thought about for a while and my gut is telling me that it's probably the right move. Before we lived together, she was living on her own, but she said it wasn't for her and she didn't want to do that again. It almost makes me feel guilty for leaving her, but I know I have to put myself and my needs first. I've been looking for a job to get some sort of income, but I do move out in May and I'm also fortunate enough to have a supportive family that's willing to help me out should I decide to, to live by myself. I guess my question is, how do you tell someone that you don't want to live with them anymore? Even though she makes me feel this way as a roommate, she's still a good friend of mine. I don't want to completely cut her out of my life, but I don't think she can. I don't think I can handle living with her. I truly think this is for the best, but I don't know how to go about it and give her enough notice so that she can find her next living situation too. Thank you, girly, for listening. And I love you so, so much. Oh, I love you too. So the thing with this situation is if you continue to live with her, you probably won't be friends forever. 
you know, you probably, I think you will prolong your relationship by ending the arrangement, the living arrangement. Like you said, you're lucky enough to have a family that will help support you while you're, while you're going out and trying to, you know, find a job and go to school and, and get your own place. I personally, if I was you, I think you need to have your own place or do something else. If you need to have a roommate, have, have a roommate that is somebody that you're not friends with. That way there's no bad blood when you move out. If it doesn't work out, you're not going to lose a friend over it. And everyone kind of, you have more of, um, you know, you have more boundaries. If it's someone that you don't go in with already being their friend, I don't know if that really makes any sense, but you'll respect each other's boundaries a little bit more. Stanley, why are you on the refrigerator, babes? I'm going to need you to get down, babes. Stanley, God damn it. So anywho, so you know who doesn't respect my boundaries? This cat, because he is so gosh darn bad. He's so stinking bad. I'm going to give him the LSD. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in order to prolong your friendship, you need to to cut it off if you can. Um, and don't feel guilty about it. These things, these things happen all the time and she'll understand. And you just have to say, listen, I think I, I think I want to try living by myself period and get your own little place. I think our, our homes are supposed to be our sanctuaries. And if you're in a living situation that it's possible for you to get out of that you're unhappy with, get out because the next thing you know, you're going to sign a lease and you're going to be stuck with this person for at least another year. You don't want to deal with that. You don't want to deal with that. I used to live, I had no other choice because I had no money, but I lived with a roommate and I was just like, like you said, running back and forth. Like if I needed something, I didn't even really keep anything in the kitchen, but if I, I would just go get home from work, go straight to my room. And I wouldn't go to the bathroom until my roommate was sleeping. Like I wouldn't shower unless my roommate was sleeping or out of the damn house because I just didn't even want to talk to, I didn't even want to talk to anyone. So I've definitely been there before and you got to do what's best for you. So I think that she'll understand, like, I just feel like I'm at a point in my life where I want to focus on school and I just kind of want to be alone. I think it's time but don't worry about it. Even if you get into like an argument about it in the beginning, it'll all kind of work itself out later on. But if you're saying your lease is up in May, um, mention it now it's January, February, March, oh, it's pretty early, but just say, you know, when our lease is up, I think I'm just going to get my own place. Is you know, that's just what I think is best for me. Don't be afraid to have conversations with people. It's better than not saying anything or waiting too long. All right, let's get to these fuck, Mary kills. So this first one is Emma Watson, Emma Stone, Emma Thompson. I don't know who Emma Thompson is. I have to look her up. Hold on. I don't know the name. I'm sure I'll know the face. Emma Thompson. Emma, hold on. Emma Thompson. She looks so familiar to me. Oh, she was in Cruella. She was in Nanny McPhee. Okay. She's been around. She's been around for a while. Oh, Harry Potter. That's how she looks familiar. Okay. Wow. A lot of movies. So she also kind of is reminiscent of Edie Falco. She kind of looks like Edie Falco to me, but 
Okay. Emma Stone, Emma Watson, Emma Thompson. I'm going to kill Emma Thompson because I know her the least. I'm going to marry Emma Stone. Where am I going to marry Emma Watson? I think you got to marry. Do you marry Emma Watson? I think I'm going to marry Emma Stone. She seems fun. And I think we would be more compatible. The next one is FMK HBO Max edition. Sex in the City, Succession, or Friends. Oh, God. How could you do this to me? I'm killing Sex in the City. It's just that out of those three shows, it's just, it's not up to par. Okay. I'm going to marry Friends and fuck Succession. Of course. That's, of course, the answer, right? And then the next one, I don't know why you guys are doing me dirty like this, but the next one is farting, burping, and throwing up. I don't like any of these things. Actually, I kind of like burping sometimes if if I feel like it helps. So I guess I'm going to marry burping and then I'm killing farting. And I guess I have to fuck throwing up, but I don't want to do that. But I have no choice because I'm definitely I'm definitely killing farting. If you know one thing about me, it's that one thing about me is I'm always going to kill farting. So I love you guys. I hope you have a great week ahead of you. Stay safe and healthy and happy and be nice to each other. And you can send in questions to me at secretkeepersclub at gmail.com. I will see you next week. Bye.